on Sunday, Sam and I went scuba diving and it was so good, but I'm, and I'm not even joking. There was the biggest swarm of the most beautiful moons that have ever existed on the planet. And by moons, you mean jellyfish, correct? Moon jellyfish. (laughs) And they were visible only for every second that I was not about to get off the boat. (laughs) So everyone else saw them and not me. Yeah, I was in the water and I like have never been surrounded by so many jellyfish in my life. And I yelled back up to the boat, somebody get Sophie in the water! And welcome to another episode of Midlight Crisis, a real podcast hosted by three grown-up biologists revisiting books from our teens, and it's totally cool. I am one of your hosts, Sophie, and today I have been genetically recombined with a bird that has a superpower, but only just the smallest amount of that bird. How much would you say? (laughs) Yeah, one might say 2%. Mm. <laughs> uh, 2% bird. <laughs> they had to suck out the 2% human with a needle and then put uh-huh. the bird part in. Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> yep. Anyway. With the amniocentesis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with a turkey baster. Anyway, <laughs> so oh the bird... <laughs> this way, I got too specific. Anyway. <laughs> you were thinking about jellyfish still. Yeah, okay. The bird with a superpower <laughs> that I've been genetically recombined with today. I have to take a big breath for this one. There's a lot oh, of yeah? words. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Laserhead shark dragon eider. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and now to be clear, I'm a I'm a bird. <laughs> yeah. So uh, of those things, I'm an eider. Right. <laughs> Who I guess is a dragon eider. A dragon eider. And the superpower I have <laughs> is laser head shark. That's a great superpower. That is yeah. a great superpower. Yeah. I love being able to laser head shark, you know? <laughs> it's just really useful. Yeah. So applicable to a variety of situations. Yeah. Uh, just like no specification. Do I put laser heads on sharks? <laughs> Do I conjure laser-headed sharks from thin air? You turn into a shark with oh. a laser head. <laughs> or there you go. I can laser sharks in the head. Yeah. Oh, I thought it's that one. <laughs> <laughs> Extremely specific superpowers. Yeah. I am kind of obsessed, I'm not going to lie, with the idea of a dragon eider. Like I'm imagining an eider with like Marconi, Marconi penguin? What are they? Macaroni penguin? Mac- Which one I think are macaroni. they? Macaroni penguin with like those eyebrows, like imagining like mandarin duck colors. Yeah. Like, just no, it's all good. over the place. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> the laser head shark is a little questionable, but dragon eider, I am in full support. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I just have a laser head shark on my head. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yep. A lot of questions. Maybe we'll figure them out one day. Uh, But what about you guys? Who are you? Uh, What are you? 
Mar is what I should ask. My name is Sam, but today I am genetically recombined with 2% of a Banshee Twitter whale. <laughs> oh, Twitter. a Banshee Twitter. <laughs> that's my Banshee favorite Twitter. part of Twitter. I feel like that's just Twitter I, generally. I think that's yeah. just Twitter right now. Yeah. S- screaming into the void. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> no, guys, it's not Twitter. It's X. Uh, it's still Twitter.com, but we yeah. don't use the word tweet anymore. Nope. Nope. Twitter quail. Twitter yeah. quail. I do just like quail are so adorable. They are so cute. And I'm assuming a Twitter quail is just solid blue. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Just all yeah. over blue. Oh, yeah. It would have to be. Yeah, and they're so mm-hmm. tiny and adorable, and then it opens his mouth and just releases the most horrific <laughs> scream. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, have you ever heard a fox scream? Yeah. They sound yes. like someone's dying. Yeah. Yeah, so it's this adorable, tiny, aqua blue quail. Uh-huh. And when it opens its mouth, it does that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Perfect I'm down. <laughs> I'm down. Accurate. I'm done with that. <laughs> Good animal to be recombined with, Sam. <laughs> yeah, good choice. Now you can scream and be cute. <laughs> wow. I don't know yeah. if you couldn't do that before, but if you couldn't before, <laughs> you sure now can, you can now. <laughs> anyway, I'm Hannah, and today I am 2% combined with something that I basically am in the winter anyway, which is a sticky maple skimmer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you go okay. to like a sugar shack or like a ski yeah. hill? And, and they just... give you the, the sticky maple syrup and you like and, skim it yeah, over, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> over the snow and then you wrap it up on a popsicle stick and eat it because yeah. you're Canadian. <laughs> yeah, you just walk over to the snow troughs, they make them in and then you open your mouth and just nah, 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 across yeah. the whole the Yeah, whole you, just skim, <laughs> you just skim the whole thing off. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, please let us hand you the stick. And you're like, no. And, and you're like, no. face first into the snow. I'm a bird. This is how I eat. <laughs> I evolved for this. <laughs> yeah. This is my my niche. <laughs> this is my niche. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Wow. Also a good bird. Right? Very patriotic. <laughs> Thank you. I guess. I guess. Uh, it depends on the day. It depends on the day, and those days are the eight months of winter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, now that we've figured out what we are... <laughs> Mm-hmm. The reason we have been genetically recombined with birds that have superpowers, obviously, is uh-huh. because we're reading Maximum Ride, The Angel Experiment, <laughs> the book about the bird kids. So, as always, we've read four chapters this week. So how about you guys tell us what happened in them? Well, our flock is once again flying away as fast as they can from erasers. And I feel like we should have been tracking just, like, how many chase scenes there are in this book. Because it's Mm -hmm. starting to just get a bit ridiculous. Uh But anyways, they find a group of children heading into Central Park Zoo and merge themselves into the crowd. The erasers try to follow them, but the policemen at the entrance stop them in their tracks saying it's a school kids day only, so only approved chaperones are allowed in. Nudge gets super excited that they get to explore the zoo, and so they start their zoo adventure. And chapter 78 brings us to the flock looking at the polar bears, my personal favorite. And most of them are having a great time, except Max and Fang, who have a case of the creeped out thinking of their own time in cages. 
Max says she wants to free all the animals, but Fang comes in with the sensible answer that the animals are all better off where they are unless she wants to fly the polar bear back to Greenland. <laughs> Anyways, Max feels sick by the end of the chapter, and they all make an escape to some back alley of the zoo, likely only available to the zookeepers. Yeah, and then they break back out into New York City, which Gasman likes because it's full of weirdos. And the flock reflects on how they don't stand out in the city because of the aforementioned weirdos. And then they discuss these new updated erasers, and also Max is just generally kind of a downer. Then in chapter 80, they discuss how they're going to find the Institute. Max has a full-fledged vision of some marble lions, and they decide to go to the library! Having fun isn't hard when you've when got, you've a, got library. a library card. <laughs> wow. A core memory. Yeah, a relatable and topical reference, I'm sure. I assume most of our audience is also millennials, so... Fair. What's good? <laughs> What's good? Great. Yeah. Yeah. Max is, like, pro-cop and anti-zoo, so, like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that Max and I would get along that yeah. well. <laughs> also, since when do cops, like run the gate of the zoo yeah it would be <laughs> like know. zoo security yeah yeah like at most zoo security or at least a like overworked tired 25 year old yeah working the concession stand of being like no you can't no. come in yeah yeah i don't care who you are like did you see the sign over there that says schools only yeah there's a sign Please read the sign. Please read the sign. Please read the sign. No, you can't come in unless you are a child. (laughs) Yeah. Although, you know, maybe New York, I don't know. Maybe there are cops who keep only paying customers from entering the zoo. I don't know. I'm guessing it's a security guard, though. Yeah. It seems implausible that this is actually a New York City police officer. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, nudges me in this chapter because she is so stoked to be at the zoo yeah and i am also stoked anytime i go to the zoo yeah i love the zoo we love the zoo we do love the zoo i just i don't know it's if i'm just noticing it but max (laughs) is such a downer she's such a bummer all the time oh my god and like Like, i get it but geez yeah like i feel like it's well, I was going to say, I feel like it's been since Angel was kidnapped, but I was like, that was like the third chapter. <laughs> yeah, that was the beginning of the book. Yeah. But especially since all of them are together, I guess she's like the quote unquote adult. Yeah. But man, all she says and thinks and talks about is how we can't have fun. <laughs> yeah. Stop having fun, kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anytime Nudge is like, Wow, I'm so excited about this thing. Max is like, let me just kill that buzz real quick. It's like, yeah, (laughs) just like let her have this. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, at least in this chapter, she doesn't say anything. Like one chapter, she just thinks it. (laughs) Yeah, because Nudge thanks Max for taking them to the zoo because she's so excited to be at the zoo. And Max is like, yeah, sure. Because I had anything to do with this. And it's like, Max, just (laughs) just (laughs) Nudge is trying to be nice. Just accept it. (laughs) Yeah. And then Iggy is like, wow, was that a lion? Please tell me it's behind bars. And Nudge is like, it's a zoo, Iggy. Everything is behind bars. 
and then uh-huh. Max is like, just like we used to be. <laughs> He's like, whoa. <laughs> you know what this is? Max is like the comment section on TikTok. Because it is like such a trend Ooh. there to just trauma dump in everybody's comment section. I don't know why. It's so obnoxious. You can be like, <laughs> wow, I like look at this funny thing my dad did. Like, he's so silly. And the comments are like, oh, my dad got run over by a truck when I was four years old and his eyeball flew out of his head and f- hit me on the foot. And it's like, uh. <laughs> you don't have to be like that, actually. Like, I Yeah, I didn't need that here on my silly happy dad joke video. Yeah comment just like dads only do that when they're stressed (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm actually a dadologist dads only do this when they're very stressed dads only do that when they're very stressed Uh uh-huh i just kind of want to talk about them being at the zoo but that's technically the next chapter can we just talk about them being in the zoo yeah go for it i would say yeah there wasn't really much in chapter 77 (laughs) yeah we've covered it (laughs) yep yeah, Max is uh, anti-zoo for no good reason. And Fang is pro-zoo. Also unclear why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if uh, Fang was pro-zoo, but more just like pro-logic and like you can't just release these animals into New York. That was yeah. kind of the vibe I got. Was that like he agreed with her, but was like, you can't just set them free. That's stupid. Like they're actually well cared for, whereas we weren't kind of thing. So that oh no, I'm not saying that like he might be pro zoo, but I I didn't get the vibe that he like was fully in support. It was more just like he saw the better side of it than Max, who was just like free these animals. They're better in the city streets where no one's gonna feed them, kind of thing. Yeah, true. Also, like, have any have either of you? Sam, you've been to, like, the Bronx Zoo, you said, right? You hadn't been to Central Park Zoo? No, my brother had been there. Okay. I have not been there. I have not entered New York City. I've entered New York <laughs> State, not the city. <laughs> nope. Not the city. I just feel like, because the zoos that I have been to, even in 2009, what is it? 2004? Not 2009. <laughs> I think, yeah, four or five. Yeah. Like, I feel like even by then... I don't think zoos should trigger, like, like animals aren't in big barred cages, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously, like, we don't know what Central Park Zoo was like back in 2004 or whatever, but it is, like, an AZA-accredited facility. Like, it okay. does do a lot. Yeah, so that means it, like, kind of stands up with and aligns with, like, the highest international standard in captive animal care. And you do have to get, like, audited every so many years to keep that certification. And it, I was, like, looking at their maps and stuff. Um, it looks like they keep, like, species that are more or less appropriate for the amount of space they have. They participate in a lot of, like, research and conservation efforts, which good zoos often do. So from, like, what I could tell, the Central Park Zoo does seem like a pretty legit like decent facility but i haven't been so it's hard to say great i didn't look up the central park zoo specifically but i'm glad to know they're aza accredited uh, yeah because i looked up the aza animal care manual for polar bears okay (laughs) nice (laughs) because i was like well we know there's one animal in the zoo and it's a polar bear (laughs) it's a polar bear um because the habitat that max would be looking at and thinking about it being similar to the cage she was in when she was little, <laughs> that was so small she couldn't stand up. So I did the math <laughs> because 
So the AZA, so the Association of Zoos and Aquariums, as Hannah said, maintains this basic standard that zoos have to have in order to house animals and be accredited. So mm-hmm. for a polar bear, a single polar bear has to have an exhibit that is at least 5,400 feet square feet, just land, or 500 square meters. But then they also have to have a 760 square foot pool that has to be nine feet deep in at least one section. And they have to have a off-site, like off-viewing area that has to be at least 850 square feet. So altogether, just to be like really helpful to everybody, (laughs) I think this polar bear exhibit is about the size, like the minimum size of a polar bear exhibit has to be the same size as Dangerous Lagoon. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Dangerous Lagoon. (laughs) In uh, Ripley's Aquarium of Canada in Toronto, which everyone's been to and knows so well. (laughs) So similar to like a big shark tank in an aquarium. Well, I think that one's the one of the biggest ones. Is it the biggest? Yeah. No, I think the Discovery one in Disney's bigger. But anyway, more helpfully, I think it's about two-thirds the size of a football field. Okay. It's a good amount of space. Yeah. And the AZA requires that the habitat be accessible for regular change by, like, trucks and construction equipment oh. <laughs> to change, like, the topography. You have to be able to move, like boulders like all the sort of quote-unquote furniture they call it (laughs) (laughs) so you have to be able to like move trees that the or like logs and stones and like platforms that they go on uh all of that stuff has to be able to move so that you can change the exhibit like once a week (laughs) yeah yeah my other favorite part was maybe max relates so well to the polar bears because i didn't know this apparently polar bears make nests Oh, I didn't know that. You know, like birds. (laughs) Yeah, like birds. Like birds. Uh Uh-huh. Notable animal that makes a nest. Yeah, like, you know, Max. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. So I just thought that was funny. It was like, you have to have soft substrate, like straw, (laughs) for polar bears to make a nest. Aw, Yeah, and it requires that the habitat be fully planted, like with live plants, not fake plants. Like, you have to have trees. You have to have panoramic views for them to look out on. Oh. So, like, nothing about these habitats (laughs) will particularly scream cage. Yeah. 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 Anyway, that's what I looked up. (laughs) I'm glad you looked into that because I looked into specifically polar bears at Central Park Zoo. And they don't currently have any. Oh. They do have grizzly bears in their, like, bear habitat. And interestingly... They used to have a trio of polar bears, the most famous being Gus, who was both the poster child for like New York in like the 90s, but also is sort of like a poster child for stereotypy in zoo animals. So Uh that's like animals that develop like really repetitive stress behaviors. Um, Pacing is like a really common one. Gus's one was like swimming in figure eights and he would just do the same pattern with the same, same movements over and over again. Which is common in captive animals that do not have, like, an appropriately sized or an appropriately enriched environment. Mm. Um, so they, like, brought in all of these. They brought in a an animal therapist. 
to like figure out what was wrong with him and they started providing him with a lot more enrichment both like in his habitat and like in his feeding and in his training and stuff and he did start to do a bit better so i wonder if like the current aza requirements are based partly around like the situation that happened with gus the bear in the 80s and 90s yeah because this this manual was put together in 2009 okay based on a lot of research from i think it was from a previous version but it seems like the oldest quote unquote (laughs) stuff being cited in here is like 2004 2005 yeah that makes sense the like gus and he had two female companions um one of whom died in 2004. So there actually would have been two thousand, or there would have been two polar bears in the Central Park Zoo in 2005, Whoa. and one of them would have been larger because polar bears are sexually dimorphic. So when Max says in this chapter that there's like a big bear and a smaller backup bear, it's actually just like a male bear and a female bear. But like the three bears were like the headliners in a 2005 conference on like environmental enrichment for captive animals. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, that's diverging a little bit from actual <laughs> Maximum Ride, but I thought it was really interesting that, like, no, this is an actual bear that lived in Central Park Zoo. His name was Gus, and he had his friend Ida with him in 2005. Wow. You know, I wonder if that's why it specifically mentions at the beginning of this, like, the bear had an empty steel beer keg to play with, which it was batting yeah. through the water. It's like, this was the year he was getting enriched. Yeah, he was getting all of this new stuff. <laughs> Apparently, my favorite part about this, in 2002, they gave him a jacuzzi to see if that would cheer him up. Yeah. <laughs> that would cheer me up. It would cheer me up. Like, man, if I start exhibiting stereotypy will someone give me a jacuzzi and also pay for me to see a therapist because like that sounds pretty great (laughs) i would pay some circles for that (laughs) give me a pool with some toys in it sure oh my god amazing (laughs) (laughs) oh that's funny that's cool yeah i felt like i wanted to talk about enrichment but i don't remember what i wanted to talk about anymore (laughs) was it the keg that he was batting around maybe yeah enrichment is super important for captive animals because if they get too bored or understimulated, then they start doing those weird, like, stress behaviors. Yeah. And for animals, like, for predators in particular, I think, and for animals that are used to, like, having a lot of space in the wild, they tend to require a lot more. Like, if you're looking at something like a reef fish that, like, is mostly a prey animal and spends its entire life hanging around one patch of coral, like, you can bring that kind of animal into captivity and they're usually fine. As long as like the water quality is good. But if you're talking about something like a bear or an octopus, it's like you need to (laughs) you need to give them some mental stimulation and some like variability in their environment and like kind of satisfy some of the like hunting instincts. Otherwise they get a little neurotic. Yeah. I I do love that like the description, like normally I will give James Patterson this. Mm -hmm. Normally you read a chapter where they go to a zoo in a book and it's always like the bear was sitting disconsolately like yeah. you know like miserably lying in the sun in a corner of his cage you know but like it is kind of funny to me that max every description is like the huge white bear swam gracefully in its pool it had a empty beer keg to play with which it was batting through the water you know like like all of the descriptions they had a pretty large habitat with huge rocks an enormous swimming pool toys to play with and then like the next paragraph 
She's like, these animals stuck in enclosures, probably bored out of their minds, possibly lonely. Uh-huh. It's like, uh-huh. I don't think they, like, nothing you've seen implies that. Max in this chapter is like every, like, well-meaning but completely uneducated person who's been like, you should just let all the animals go. And it's like, that's, <laughs> yep. no, <laughs> they're all going to die if you do that. Every single one of them. Yeah, even if Max (laughs) did fly this polar bear to Greenland on her back, the polar bear would die because it doesn't know how to hunt. (laughs) Yeah, like if it's Gus specifically, he was born in captivity. Like he lived his entire life in captivity. He would not know how to, he would not have the skills to survive in the wild. Especially (laughs) an animal like a bear that does actually have to learn how to do things and doesn't just like act fully on instinct like some smaller generally animals tend to yeah or like invertebrates a lot of them don't really care where they are (laughs) i don't know about gus specifically but Mm -hmm. there is a species survival plan of breeding and yep yeah so zoos that are aza accredited usually have animals that are part of like a breeding program to try and help bolster like the Mm -hmm. genetic pool while Mm -hmm. the ones in the wild are going extinct (laughs) And then also to hopefully bolster, like, captive rearing that can be released programs. Mm -hmm. When I was reading about the Central Park Zoo, they've been apparently, like, quite, like, foundational in captive breeding for release for, I think, a species of eider and a species of bird of paradise. (gasps) Uh, Laserhead Uh, shark? Dragon eider? Yeah, that's the one. Thank (laughs) you for reminding me. Yeah. Yeah, anytime. So, yeah. Captivity of animals certainly, like, has its issues. I don't think any of us are trying to pretend that it's, like, perfect. But I feel like most people's immediate reaction is everything about zoos is bad, period. Is like, that's not... I don't think that's an accurate assessment of animals in captivity. I, like, I understand why Max has that opinion because she was a child in abusive captivity. So I can see yeah. why she's projecting. But, like, <laughs> yeah, in real I life... Yeah, I mean, makes sense. Yeah, I get why she doesn't like it. Yeah. Anyway, that's a soapbox about (laughs) animals in captivity. (laughs) Uh Let's move on to the book we're reading. (laughs) Yeah, I guess, huh? Not talking about the zoo. Okay. I want to talk about Max saying that they have retractable wings. (laughs) Yeah, what the hell? What What does that mean? (laughs) What does she mean mean by retractable? (laughs) She can't mean that. It's like a lanyard where you just like... Yeah, no, like, they can't. can't possibly be correct. That can't be correct. I lo- I think I looked at that, went, ah, and then decided to move on because I was like, I can't even, yeah, I me too. don't even know where to start with this. <laughs> I didn't look it up because I'm like, no. And also, I think she just means they can fold in flat against yeah. their backs like she has said before. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she means retractable, but yeah. the use of the word retractable, I was like, oh, what, uh? What? Excuse me? Please elaborate. (laughs) Or don't. Or don't. Or or we'll just pretend you didn't say it. (laughs) Yeah. Should we also pretend that Max doesn't say that Iggy looked like an ice cream cone? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was the weirdest thing. That was so weird. weird. I I also had to read that sentence twice. (laughs) Yeah. I just couldn't take it seriously. Why did you describe him as vanilla? You can't do that. Your brother and also 14 and also. (laughs) I think she just meant white, but vanilla has like a certain connotation when it's used to describe a person. (laughs) Yeah. 
exactly exactly yeah the the line is like iggy was licking an ice cream cone that was like a mini him colon tall thin and vanilla it's like that's not that's That's not not. the right way to describe a child no that's not that's not correct it's terrible Oh my god. Whichever editor okayed that, you should be fired. <laughs> you couldn't have picked a different descriptor? Like beige would have been a right? really funny word to use there. Yeah, even just white. White, yeah. White, better. Yeah, not much vanilla. better. No. Yeah, no. It is it does give me maybe the vibes. You know like when a kid hears a word and they like and then they use it in the way they think it means yeah but it doesn't mean that like this maybe (laughs) they accidentally saw an adult Mm. an adult movie or show that used vanilla as a descriptor for someone and max was like "Mm, yeah because that person's white (laughs) i have a core memory of that happening to me i (laughs) mean with vanilla no, of me saying that, like, someone was a pussy, thinking it just meant they're, like, a win. And my parents were absolutely shocked, and I was like, oh, no, I've done something wrong, and it has, that moment has lived in my brain for, like, 15 years. <laughs> Actually, probably longer, probably, like, 20 years at this point. Yeah, oh, oh my God. Oh, my God, that's funny. Oh, yeah. That's really good. I even remember who I was oh, talking man. about. Whoop. <laughs> It was a hockey player. <laughs> oh, I'm cringing right now. I okay. Well, we can move on past that. Okay. Because I I want to talk about what a leatherite is. Oh yeah, I don't know what that is. So it's like the next sentence where Max is talking about how in New York City everyone is weird. It's like right after Gasman is like, "Wow, everyone in New York is weirder than we are." Uh huh. And Max is like listing a bunch of the kinds of people she sees and so she's like gorgeous supermodels punk rockers goths and leatherites oh no suits students people from every other country and it's just like i was like what's a leatherite (laughs) i was like i kind of know i know what every other one is what's a leatherite i don't think a leatherite is like a thing oh well i tried to look up leatherite and i guess there's like a fabric or like it's like a fake leather that's called leatherite (laughs) and so i think that maybe has just buried every maybe historical reference to what a leatherite is yeah (laughs) but as far as i can tell based on one thing i found is that leon trotsky of the bolsheviks (laughs) was called a leatherite (laughs) because just before like the October revolution <laughs> of the communists in Russia, I guess Leon Trotsky was like well known for introducing like a leather uniform as fashion. Sure. And then, so I was like, okay, but then how does that relate to North America? Because it's yeah. just like the Russian communists in 1919. <laughs> like, like what is happening? I did look it up. James Patterson was born in 1940, so there's a little <laughs> bit of... Oh my god, he's so old. Yeah, his, like I'm like, where's the connection? <laughs> as far as I could tell, I think what maybe it is, is that that's what that specific group was called. Sure. And then maybe he's referencing that like leather 
was popularized after World War II. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I don't know. So it just means folks who wear leather? Yeah. Like, I'm like, that's not what... I was like, this isn't what people who just, like, wear leather. <laughs> and I was like, no... They don't call themselves that. <laughs> I definitely thought it was in kind of the same vein as vanilla. If that's yeah, you know what I mean. But yes. also, why? <laughs> I did look up like the leather kink subculture. Yeah, be like, is this what you call yourselves? And it's like, no, <laughs> nobody calls themselves no, that. Okay, nobody calls themselves that. Interesting, Max. Please explain. Max, please explain. Anyway, I got, like, kind of distracted because I was like, wow, that's weird. Like, the kink, like, the leather subculture came out of <laughs> World War II biker culture. Like, oh. that's that's where, like, leather biker kind of that whole thing happened. Because I guess there were motorcycle messengers in World War II. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. Wow. I didn't either. And then I was like, wow, I wonder if the extremely cool leather wearing communists that were part of the big three of the allied nations uh-huh i wonder if they were so cool that like the bikers were like hell yeah hell yeah <laughs> and that's when it got to north america but i don't know uh-huh seems plausible to me americans love communists Every so. yeah what's not to like americans everybody knows yeah <laughs> Yeah, anyway, there was a lot going on in these chapters, which is why I have, like, 14 tabs open about the oh Bolshevik, <laughs> Leon Trotsky, uh-huh. <laughs> motorcycle culture in the 1940s. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, that's all I had to say. I don't know what a leatherite is still. I guess a communist from 1917. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow all around us in new york gorgeous supermodels time traveling communists <laughs> oh my god leon trotsky specifically leon trotsky that's crazy <laughs> yeah i don't even really. know what to do with that. anyway that's i just got distracted anyway <laughs> they're on version six of erasers yeah version six of erasers 6.0 what like did we skip through one through five already or did that happen off screen did fang just pick with a random number six i'm assuming the one they had just before was five i i mean it must be we've had no indication that these were like eraser 5.0 also now there are female erasers which i'm glad that fang acknowledged that because i was also confused about why suddenly there was one female eraser last time no i feel like this is maybe actually good world building where he's showing and not telling you know yeah yeah instead I agree. of being like gosh we've been through six different versions of erasers <laughs> and they keep getting more and like so you know i could get behind it but <laughs> i yeah i think it's interesting that they point out that the erasers are different maybe even though they were like at the start of the book yeah and that they seem more human which is a little vague but you know uh, yeah. Max calls them this year's crop, which is kind of hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hasn't it been like two weeks since the, like four yeah. days since the last crop? <laughs> Wait, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's been the new crop the whole time and they're only just commenting on it now? Mysterious. Mysterious. Yeah, I guess it's weird. Why did they not have <laughs> women in them before? See, that makes sense to me because... Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, they never include women in scientific research. Like, women's bodies are more complex than male bodies because of our hormonal cycles. Like, the male hormonal cycle, at least in humans, is, like, 24 hours versus the human one, or the female one, rather, which is, like, 28-ish days, right? So it's harder to test drugs and, like, look at the effects of disease in medicine in female bodies because female bodies are influenced by our hormonal cycle. Therefore, instead of trying to, like, account for all of the variations in the hormonal cycle in, like, female humans, a lot of, like, pharmacokinetic research just doesn't include female models. And, like, if you look at, like, lab rats and stuff, they usually only use males for the same reason, because males don't have an extreme hormonal cycle in the same way that females do. This is all great information, but they have three female bird kids. They do have three female bird kids. (laughs) And one of them is the oldest. Yeah. So that was the first one they did. Yeah. They're doing something different with the bird kids than they did with the erasers for sure. No, it's just likely a gender stereotype because the erasers are meant to be warriors. So they didn't even bother with women at the beginning because they were like, oh, there's no point in putting in all this extra effort because they should be men. They're tough. You know. (sighs) Yeah. Right. But Fang has it right. Females. So bloodthirsty. Uh Uh-huh. So bloodthirsty. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. (laughs) I like how he immediately says dirty fighting, rude fang. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely uh, commenting on something. (laughs) Yeah. It's like looking sidelong at Max. It's like, yeah, women, dirty fighters. (laughs) Listen, we got to fight dirty because the whole system's against us. (laughs) Yeah. Also, we often have long nails. Like, why not use that? (laughs) If I get in a fight, I am going to do all of the dirty tricks to get out of that fight. We have to be bloodthirsty because they don't even test period products with blood. (laughs) Yeah. I've been mad about that for days. I like how you were always, you're so angry about that. And I was just like, I'm not even surprised. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm just so numb to it all now. Uh, Just seems so basic. I'm so sad. Probably because it's been men testing it up until now. Yeah. Well, and it's like too complicated to try anything else even just the fact that it wasn't with like a fluid of similar viscosity like there are a lot of hazards associated with using biological fluids like blood and testing so i can see why they wouldn't want to use actual blood but we do know the viscosity of menstrual blood you could make a gel with the same consistency and viscosity and use that do we know the viscosity of menstrual blood you could measure it right like there are a lot of people who use menstrual cups (laughs) you could collect the menstrual blood you could do steady like there's no reason that we shouldn't have this information and yet and yet the thing i'm mad about this week because i had three straight days of cramps is apparently viagra was like very promising as like a cramp like a menstrual cramp pain relief tool Uh to the point where like it in some like trials, it did not reduce cramp pain. It eliminated cramp pain, but Whoa. they did not decide to pursue that like potential use for like the whatever the active ingredient in Viagra is because the board of directors and sh- such decided that cramps were not a big enough problem to focus energy into, which again, I have downed almost a bottle of painkillers this week. So I am particularly salty about this particular nugget. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. <sighs> Wild that they don't have a painkiller specifically for cervix pain. <laughs> Imagine if you could take 
a painkiller that actually got rid of menstrual pain? Yeah. Wow. That would be cool. Literally life changing. <laughs> sorry, I just <sighs> sorry, I just looked back over at my notes and all caps it at the top right now is just you can't say Iggy is a vanilla. This is a children's book. <laughs> <laughs> I know we already talked about it. Yeah. Right no, you're right. Top, and it made me laugh. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, since this is a children's book, I should probably stop yelling about periods because I'm on mine and I'm real mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I could and will go on for hours if anybody lets me. I mean, the only other thing that happens in this chapter is Max being a downer still more. Just oh like, my God. wow. Constantly. Nudge. You're having a good time in New York? Yeah, it would be so convenient if we lived here like you want to, because then the erasers could just track us down all the time. Not in the middle of nowhere. Max. <laughs> Max. Can you not? Okay, but speaking of Nudge. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Why does Nudge love Delhi so much? <laughs> I need to know. People in New York fucking love delis. But delis are predominantly meat. Right? That's a good point. That's a great point. Am I missing something? I didn't think of that. No, that's correct. Maybe she really likes bread. But that's a bakery. Like, did she mean a bakery? No, I... mm. Because, like, I could see her liking a bakery, but why does she like the delis so much? Why are the delis the thing that gets a big (laughs) shout out? Yeah. Why? This is a great point. It's really bothering me. Yeah. I didn't think of that, and now I don't have an answer (laughs) Especially, like, in 2005, <laughs> I feel like everywhere has a vegetarian option now, but yeah. I don't think they all had them in. But not then. No. No. And, I mean, there's cheeses. Cheese, yeah. I don't think they'd have vegetarian-based meats like no. they do today, but I realized how silly that's not. I meant more like the, the like yeah. artificial Beyond yeah. products that yeah. are, like, Beyond Meat yeah. and shit. But they could have, like, the only thing I could see is that they'd have, like, cheeses. Like, sometimes if you go to the delis at grocery stores, they have, like, different yeah. types of cheeses you can get. So maybe she likes the fancy cheeses because she's not vegan. Yeah. But it's still, like, of all the things, it's like, you would think bakeries would be more what she yeah. wanted. Like, you know, some good New York style bagels. But oh no, God. we get a deli cool. shout out. We get a deli a shout deli. out. Are there often burritos <laughs> that don't have meat in them? Yeah, because Nudge does eat a burrito. Beans. Maybe she gave up being vegetarian for the week or for the day or whatever. Well, no, burritos are normally beans. Like, okay. That's the main thing. With They're them. normally it's- beans and meat, are they not? But I mean, like, you could certainly get one without meat pretty easily. Yeah, so I just assumed there she got, like, a bean and cheese one. Okay. Um, I just yeah. don't eat very many burritos. I know you're our burrito expert, Sam, so. That's true. I do love a good burrito. So I knew you could tell us. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's the very easy thing. That one I didn't even raise a flag because I'm like, oh, she just got a vegetarian burrito. That's okay. totally normal. It was the delis. <laughs> The deli is concerning. And I won't let it go. The deli is a strange one. Like, maybe she just likes the idea of it. Yeah, it could be. That's what I thought, but then I'm also just like, but if you're a vegetarian, isn't the thought of a deli (laughs) off-putting to you? I don't think there's any sense to this. There was just a mistaken continuity made, and the editor's forgotten was a vegetarian. Yeah. Uh I think you're correct. I guess she does also say that she, like, finds it exciting how there are banks and subway stops and stores not none of which she probably uses either but still she does emphasize the deli and i think you're right 
I think they it just made a mistake. It should be a bakery. <laughs> yeah. It should be a bakery. bakery would make or even like sense. pizza. Like yeah. 11 year olds love pizza and you yeah. can get a cheese pizza. No problem. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, weird. Exactly. So, so funny. What the heck? <laughs> what the heck? I mean, the other weird continuity thing, like right after that, I got stuck on. Was mm-hmm. that Max talks about how it's costing money to get all this food and that they're yeah. running out. And I'm like, is this still that guy's card? Yeah, from like yesterday. <laughs> is it only from yesterday? I think it's from like yesterday. Oh no, because like they got captured in between. Yeah, so a couple days. A couple days. Do they still have... Wait, did they escape with all of their possessions? Did they not get like searched when the school captured them? Hold on. Hold on, everyone stop. <laughs> Wait a second, where did they get this money? <laughs> I'm so confused. This isn't how you're supposed to read this book. Yeah, once again, <laughs> our <laughs> habit of overanalysis comes back to bite us in the ass. Yeah. Who could have uh, seen this coming? It just feels like Max doesn't... But like, isn't it going to cost money? Doesn't it cost money every single day? <laughs> like, to get food, one would assume. To get food? Yeah. Yeah. I guess they dumpster dive a lot, so maybe not. I guess that's true. But they also specifically mention that they're running out of money. Yeah. So, like, like they're clearly spending something. Yeah, well, because they're somewhere. buying all this food. Yeah. Money that they got somewhere, somehow. Mysterious. Mysteriously. I don't even know. <laughs> maybe the gas man was, like, pickpocketing in the zoo or something. Seems I mean, like I something guess... he would know how to do. They do have, like, their windbreakers and stuff, so I guess maybe they were just, like, That's tossed true. in cages with everything they were wearing. Ugh, why, though? I don't know. I can't answer that. these are not <laughs> smart scientists. They're so dumb. <laughs> They're so bad at this. So strange. They're not good at capturing people and making sure that all their belongings are taken at capture. <laughs> uh-huh. Don't know why I'm singing this. <laughs> <laughs> a mystery for everyone. Some energy, you know. Well, anyway, shall we talk about the last chapter? <laughs> I guess, yeah. I guess. I don't know what there to is say. to talk about in here other than explain <laughs> what a phone book is, I guess. <laughs> oh, well, I've just aged 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. I did look up if there would have been uh, phone books in telephone booths. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, there would have been. Okay, good. They weren't like stopped until 2012. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Great. I'm so glad we know this. Yeah, you're welcome. For anyone (laughs) who doesn't know what they are, (laughs) you can just look up anyone's address and phone number in them. (laughs) Which, in hindsight... Fucking wild. (laughs) Fucking wild. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I had to say about that. (laughs) I also think it's kind of wild that they're like, we're looking for this powerful, shadowy organization called the Institute that does all of this, like, evil stuff and has files on, like, the immoral experimentation that they do on children. And we are going to find their location in a New York City phone book. It's like, I don't... They might not be listed. Yeah. Like, you'd probably have to figure out what their cover name is, you know? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Also, Max says she doesn't even know that they're in New York City. She just decided to go to New York City. They could be, like, upstate New York. They could be in Yonkers. I don't know what Yonkers is, but I think it's near New York City and it has a goofy-ass name. Yonkers? (laughs) Yonkers? There's a place called Yonkers. Wow. 
That's fun. Every time I see or hear it, I think it's fake. And then I remember it's not. And it's not. That's fair. <laughs> I do like, is this the first time that we get Max doing actual, like, foretelling? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think it's her first, like, full vision. Yeah. Because she looks up at the building that ends up being the library. And she looks up at it, and there's a large marble lion in front of it. Like, two of them flanking the, I guess, the entrance or something. And then she sees four lions. Like, they're superimposed over each other. So I'm guessing she has just a vision of this building. And I'm assuming it's, like, yeah, the first time where she's getting, like, this is where you need to go Mm -hmm. signal. Mm -hmm. You know? I agree with that assessment. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's going to be great. so exciting. <laughs> I do like a library. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> because I've got a library card. Uh-huh. Uh, which makes it easy to have fun. And so uh, Max is like walking into the library all mysteriously. And Fang goes, how does she do that? It's like, she, <laughs> literally all she did was make a decision. Like, calm down, bud. She how didn't actually she do anything. A decision? <laughs> okay, you know what? Now that you've pointed that out. <laughs> good point i can't yeah. do that not a skill i have <laughs> how does she do it how does she do it <laughs> so mysterious so decisive <laughs> yeah well maybe we'll find out how oh. she does it if we guess what happens in the next chapter <laughs> nailed it all right how, how does that sound for everybody yeah, for sure nice. great yeah so as always i will read you the first sentence of each of the next four chapters and you have to guess what's gonna happen okay so chapter 81 the uh your sentence is (laughs) Uh uh-huh inside the library was awesome yeah i agree yeah yeah (laughs) correct library yeah yeah so uh what do you think (laughs) they're in a library (laughs) yeah they're in the library yeah they're probably gonna run across some erasers in the library (sighs) yeah you're right (sighs) They're everywhere. It's going to be another chase scene. I'm telling you. This is oh the falling asleep at the end of the chapter. It's a chase scene. It's a chase scene with the erasers. <laughs> Every chapter. Yeah. There's so, so many. It's so annoying. It's so many of them. <laughs> it's li- It's the only way that they have moved the plot along is yeah. erasers do it. Yep. Erasers do it. <laughs> Exit erase pursued by erasers. <laughs> Exit pursued by erasers. Yeah. Oh, God. I want that sticker. Uh, me too. Okay. Chapter 82. Can we take the subway back to the park? Nudge asked tiredly. I don't see why not. Okay. Asked an answer. So no erasers, but they've ended up outside of the library and are on the subway, apparently. Yeah. Or are thinking about taking the subway. Or thinking about- I bet about- Max wants them to walk back because she's going to be paranoid about the subway. Probably. What are they even going to do if they get on the subway? And get chased by erasers, I bet. Wow. Probably. Who knows? Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe the beginning of eight, chapter 83 will tell us. Yeah. <laughs> Which says, what does that mean? The gas man asked, pointing to a small metal plaque that said, stay off the third rail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so they are taking the subway. Oh, or okay. They got on the subway. Wow, this is going to be so painful next <laughs> it's gonna. <laughs> we're going to have nothing to talk about. Uh, so far, they've gone to the library and then <laughs> spent two ta- chapters taking oh, the subway. Oh, my God. Okay. 
we can talk about how great public okay, transit next. is. Okay. I miss good public transit. Chapter yeah, 84. Okay. Your sentence is, the brain explosion came again while I was sleeping. <laughs> oh. Oh. So they're sleeping in the park and sleeping. Max gets another migraine? They're going to fall asleep at the end of chapter three, the third chapter. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And then Max yeah, is going to yeah, wake yeah. up and be like, my brain. Exactly like that. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Wow, well, yeah. The response was overwhelmingly positive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more just thinking they're going to fall asleep in a park and then the erasers are going to come and find them. Yeah. I, I, the erasers are going to come in at some point in these four. Yeah, there's, we didn't really no have erasers mind. this time. Yeah, yeah. There, there has to be erasers. They got to be back at some point. Yeah. Maybe yeah. four times. Who even knows? Ugh. I guess we'll yeah. find out next time. But until then, let's talk about what else we're reading. I think I read six Mercedes Lackey books. <laughs> Again? Yeah. Oh my god. Wow. Listen, I forget which ones I said last time. But anyway, I read the Oathbound series and then By the Sword. And I think I maybe read the whole Arrows of the Queen trilogy also. (laughs) (laughs) So. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, I'm having a great time. Yeah. I'm going to run out of books soon and I'm going to be sad about it. But anyway, that's what I'm reading. (laughs) What about you guys? I'm mostly reading a lot of the same things I've mentioned previously, but I guess I'll just say them again because this uh-huh. is my life. <laughs> I'm rereading Miss Born by Brandon Sanderson because mm-hmm. I-, I am. I'm still reading Meet Me at the Lake by Carly Fortune. I started reading When Women Were Dragons by Kelly Barnhill, which is our August book club pick, which at the time of this recording, yes. Uh, it is not August anymore, but it is right now, so <laughs> And then I also started reading Twisted Love by Anna Huang, which is just one of those book talk mm-hmm. um, hyped up romance books, and I decided to give it a try because my hold came through at the library, so why not? Mm-hmm. Nice. And that's that. Dang, nice. Yeah. I'm still reading He Who Drowned the World by Shelley Parker Chan. Um, I'm about halfway through that one. And I started listening to The Wager, colon, A Tale of Shipwreck, Mutiny, and Murder by David Gran, which I thought was a historical fiction. It's actually nonfiction. Oh. Right? I feel like it. every time I see it, it's with fiction books. So I was like, oh, a fiction. And it's not. But I mean, I love me a shipwreck nonfiction book. So I'm totally yeah. down with that. <laughs> uh, and in between, I also read Thornhedge by uh, T. Kingfisher, which was really good. It ah, was short that and cute. Yeah, it hasn't come out yet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hannah's just always like flexing this net galley, all these early access books she gets. <laughs> See, the problem is that I got too excited and requested too many books and I haven't caught up yet. Ah. But He Who Drowned the World is my second last book wow. <laughs> before, before I've caught up with all of the requests I made when I got too excited. Uh, so I'm stoked to get to choose something to read that I didn't accidentally pick out four months ago. Great. <laughs> but yeah. Thornhedge, really cute. And by the same author as our September book club book, Woo. which is going to be Paladin's Grace. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited about that. Me too. Yeah. I'm also getting a little burnt out on high fantasy, so I hope it's like not too much. <laughs> it seems like it might be high fantasy. It's like D&D fantasy. D&D, yeah, that's a little different. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, D&D fantasy is fun. You, like, know what's going on. You don't have to learn the world. <laughs> yeah. Love that for yep. me and for us. If you liked this chapter of Midlight Crisis, consider rating and reviewing us on Spotify or your podcatcher of choice. I just looked at my, like, outro script to make sure that I was remembering it and accidentally looked at my summary and almost said, if you're full of weirdos, which is not (laughs) accurate, but if you are full of weirdos, you can talk to us and find fun-related content on social media where we are full of weirdos (laughs) on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Tumblr, and Blue Sky. And I need to stop freestyling this and all chapters of the show thus far are available on our website, midlightpod.podbean.com and on YouTube. And this time, Max decided to imitate Hannah when she came to visit (laughs) Sophie and I. I must have cookies! Oh my god, that cookie (laughs) place, though. That's exactly how it was said, like, every day. I ate, like, six cookies from that place.